The student ministry podcast you're about to hear is a lesson taught by Brother Kerry Schmidt during a Wednesday night teen Bible study. The series is entitled Avoiding the Traps of the Teen Years, and we hope this message will be a blessing to you. For more sermon resources, please visit preaching.lancasterbaptist.org. So today, we're going to talk about media. We're going to talk about media. Big trap. Now, look at the subtitle there in your outline. Do you have it there? Taking back control of my what? Meditation. Okay. Think about it. Media equals meditation. I want you to say that out loud, okay? Media equals... Say it again. Media equals... Say it again. Media... Some of you are still being distracting to your neighbor. So dial in and look up here. Everybody say that. Media equals... After this lesson, I, don't, I want you to remember one thing when you think of media or when you hear the word media. Meditation. Meditation. What's on my mind, what's on my heart. Okay? Because that's really... I, and I prayed a lot about this lesson this week and thought a lot about this lesson because media, good night. Do I talk about phones? Do I talk about Facebook? Do I talk about computers or online stuff? Do I talk about gaming? Do I talk about video games, Xbox, or online gaming, or iPod gaming, or PSP? Uh, do I talk about TV, or Apple TV, or Netflix, or streaming, or, I mean, what do I talk about? Do I, music? Do, do we talk about music? Do we talk about pop groups, country groups, Christian groups, CCM? Do I talk about CCM music? Where do I go? I mean, we could talk about media for months, and months, and months, and months, and, and I really had to kind of pull back from all that, and get, Lord, what would I say to, to my own children if I only had 30 minutes to talk to them about media? About, and when I say media, it's everything that captures your attention. It could be books or magazines. It could be movies. It could be TV shows. It could be what's on your cell phone, text messaging, uh, social networking, Twitter, uh, my, hopefully not MySpace, Facebook. Uh, whatever is clamoring and crying out and calling out for your attention in the form of electronic or printed or recorded audio media that's coming at you. It really boils down to this related word, meditation. And, and the root word is the same. Media, meditation. It is what captures your attention and what resides on your heart and what holds you and what, what you think about. And it's huge. And it is a huge trap for teenagers um, let's dive into it. Look at Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. And let's read it out loud. Proverbs 4, 23. Ready, go. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. God's saying, your heart is your most valuable player in life. Your heart is the seat of your decision making. It's your emotions, your intellect, your will, your thinker, your feeler, your chooser is the way I teach it. It's all wrapped up into that word heart. And God is saying in this scripture, all of the rest of your life and all of the issues related to your life and all the decisions that come out of your life are going to flow from your heart. So God says, I want you to keep your heart. And the word keep means to guard it, to protect it, to watch over it, and to count it as very, very precious, sacred cargo. This is uh, in your life, the equivalent of what uh, my little children were whenever I took them out into public. 
Or whenever I take Haley out into public, I remember she was a little girl and she could barely start to walk and she got out of that stroller or she got out of the you know, places where she was kind of confined. Anytime she was out, boy, I was vigilant over her. I was watching over her and I never let her out of my sight. I never let her wander off. I never let go of her hand. I never forget one time on Christmas we went to the mall and boy, it was just a mob scene of people. And we had to find a restroom for Haley and I'm just holding onto her hand for dear life. Because I'm thinking, if that hand slips out of my hand, it could just be, just, man, I could be looking for her for a while. If I, if I get her out of my sight, and, and this is kind of the picture. God's saying, I want you to guard and watch carefully and vigilantly over your heart, what comes into your heart, what resides in your heart, what your heart meditates about, because that is going to form the foundation of the rest of your life. So here's the picture, guys. Whatever media you allow in is going to come out in the form of decisions and values and a life. Your intake in your eyes, your ears, your mind, what you take in in the form of media, whether it's a video game or a book or magazine or Facebook or whatever, is forming something in you. It's going to reside in your heart and just like a digestive system. Just like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat something healthy and my body's going to take that and digest it and it's going to send nutrients to the rest of my body. And, and the fact that I've got the energy to stand up here tonight and wave my arms and project my voice and pace back and forth, the fact that I can do that is evidence to you that I've been eating, that I've been taking in something that can be converted to energy that can produce strength in my life to be able to do what I'm doing tonight. Even so, on a spiritual level, you have a digestive system. You have an intake, your ears, your eyes. You have a heart that is the equivalent of your stomach. It processes everything that comes in. Your logic, your reasoning, your, even your subconscious, what your heart meditates on is like saying what your stomach is digesting. And it's taking all the information that's coming in at you and all the things you allow in and it's reasoning through it and processing it and filtering it into your heart, your mind, your attitudes, your emotions, and your decisions. And when you choose a college, and when you choose a husband, and when you determine what you believe and what values you will live by, you are consulting all the information and all the experiences that you've had in life. And media is responsible for putting a whole bunch of it there. Okay? So what God is saying is, I want you to protect what you digest. I want you to protect your heart and I want you to stand a watch guard carefully guarding what you allow into your heart because you've got to recognize you're going to digest that and it's going to go throughout the rest of your life and your thought processes and your attitudes and emotions and it's going to come out of your life. Oh, it's not going to come out the way it went in. It's going to come out just like what I ate for lunch and breakfast this morning is coming out right now in the, in the form of energy. What you digest, spiritually speaking, in the form of media, is going to come out in values. It's going to come out in decisions. It's going to come out in, in, a, in a way of thinking that causes you to do the right or the wrong thing, and then you're going to deal with the consequences of whether you did the right or the wrong thing. So media is huge, and God says, I want you to guard your heart with all diligence. Diligence is, man... Be committed, be tenacious, be focused, be zoned in. Value your heart more than anything else in life.
because God says this is what everything else is going to flow out of. Look at the next verse I want you to see. Uh, Psalm 19. And go, just go ahead and turn there. I want you to look at it in the Bible. I know it's in your outline. But turn back to Psalm 19. And I, I love the Psalms because they are uh, they're essentially written prayers to God. They're, they're like letters that are been, have been written to God. And I know they're songs, but they're essentially a man alone with God pouring out his heart and crying out his heart. Boy, I tell you, if you're going through a trial or a hardship, if you're going through something difficult, go to the Psalms and read about how these men who wrote these Psalms were going through difficult times, but they went to God and they poured out their hearts to him. And here's a Psalm that this psalmist, look at verse uh, 14, and let's read it out loud. Ready, go. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. This is a psalmist that said, hey, I belong to God. He is my strength. He is my redeemer. I am his. I am walking with him. I am living for his purposes. And this is a psalmist that said, God, I really desperately want what I think about, what I meditate on. I want the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart to be acceptable to you. Here's a man that every time, if this were modern day, every time he used Twitter, every time he logged on to Facebook, Every time he got online, every time he turned on the TV or turned on any form of media, any time he picked up a video game, any time he sent a text message, this is the thought of his mind and heart. God, I want these words, and I want what my heart is meditating. Listen, please. I want what my heart is meditating on to be acceptable to you. I want you to inspect it, God, and I want you to approve of it. I want to know that this is okay with you. Now, why? Was he so concerned about this? Well, I believe he understood that he was God's child. I believe he wanted to please God, and I believe he understood that he belonged to God, accounted to God, and that his life was about glorifying God. But I believe that there's something deeper. I believe that he understood the goodness of God. In other words, <clears throat> it would be like me saying to my wife, now, I trust my wife implicitly when it comes to, say, making our house a home. She is the master decorator, homekeeper, designer. I can take an environment and make it relatively plain. She can take an environment, the most plain environment, I mean, the most boring room, and with a little bit of a budget and a little bit of creativity and maybe some paint and pictures and candles, whoom, she... She could turn it into home. And every day of my life, I come back home, and if she's been there before me, man, there's candles going, and there's little lights flickering, and it smells nice, and the temperature's right, and it's just picked up, and it, you just, it's like you walk in the door, and the home goes, welcome, and just hugs you. Now, when she's not around, it's just cold and dark and kind of lifeless and boring, and even Lance and Larry, when we're all three there, we're kind of like, man, we miss mom. You know why? Because she knows the difference between a bland home and a real home home. She knows what to do to make it extra special. So it, this psalm is saying, God, I want you to govern and be pleased with and approve of the meditations of my heart. I think he's saying this. God, you know how to make my heart and my life awesome. So I don't want anything to come into my heart 
and mind that you don't approve. It would be like me saying, Dana, I don't want anything in this room. I don't want anything on the walls, any colors. I don't want any furniture, any smells or candles. I don't want anything in this room that you don't approve of because you are a great homemaker. And this psalmist comes to God and says, God, you are a great heart maker. You're a great life maker. And so here you go, God. You can have my heart. And everything that comes in, I want you to be pleased with. Because if you're not pleased with it, it's probably going to hurt me. It's probably going to be destructive to me. So God, you're the gatekeeper. Now, now, let me just stop right here. We haven't even gotten the outline yet. Think about that. Do you trust God on that level? Could you go to God and say, God, I don't care what kind of music I like. I only want music that's good for my heart. So God, I want it to be acceptable to you. God, I don't want any friends on Facebook. I don't want any associations on Twitter that are not acceptable to you. I don't want to be reading or seeing anything that would hurt me because, God, you are a great heart maker and life maker, so I want you to approve it all. That ought to be your approach to media and it ought to be your approach to guarding your heart. <clears throat> Let's pray, and we're going to jump into definitions. Father, Bless these thoughts. Help us to grow right now and to give you your way when it comes to protecting our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Defining media, here it is. And these are big technical definitions and stuff, okay? Visual or audible communication that filters through my mind and plants itself into my heart. Boom, it goes right to your heart. It's not just entertainment. It's not just funny. It's not, you might have your favorite TV show that every other joke is sexual innuendo or the wrong portrayal of a family life. And oh, it's so funny and it's so hilarious, but beyond the laughter and deeper than the laughter, it's going right to your heart and it's giving you a value system. It's changing your beliefs. It's changing your heart. So it's visible, audible communication that filters through my mind and goes right to my heart. It's what you see, hear, think, and meditate upon. And that's why the, the key word there is meditate. And if all you remember, if all you write down is media equals meditation, that's what I want you to remember, okay? Because that's simple and it's punchy and you can remember, wait, media is what's finding its way into my meditation and God cares about what I meditate on. So meditation, by the way, the word meditation means to think about or to muse. Have you ever heard the word amusement? It, it, it literally means amuse, which means no thinking. So if you are amusing yourself, like, like video games generally, are amusement. And I'm not saying you should never play a video game. I'm saying you're really disengaging your mind and heart, you're kind of just putting it on a silver platter and, and, and letting the video game do whatever it wants with it, you have disconnected, you've stopped thinking, and amusement kind of leads us that direction. Now, understanding the issues, real quick. We live in a media-saturated age. Every wrong thing is clamoring for your attention or your meditation. Guys, man, I'm telling you, it's huge. Everywhere you go, my life too. You can't, you can't go anywhere or be... The, 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 the media age is, it just threatens you constantly. 
Teenagers are constantly on a phone. I, I just saw news reports this past week about how teenagers are losing so much sleep because they're texting all night. And then they get to school the next day and they're just totally toast because they were up texting their friends all night. And, and, and take away the sexual perversion and take away all the stuff that's wrong about it and just take your brain and let it be engaged in media all the time and you're hurting yourself. So we live in this media age that's just constantly hammering us with music and images and, and video and games and, and social networking and constant, 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 okay? And next, media addiction and obsession is a huge part of today's teen culture. This is just giant in today's teen culture. I think you have all these, right? Okay? Third one. Much of modern media, and I want to stay here for a second, much of modern media is either defiling or diverting. Now, let me talk to you about those two words. And, 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 and stay with me for just a minute here. Okay? About... I don't even know what percentage, I'm not even going to try to guess, but a huge percentage of what you could experience online or on TV or on the radio or in the movies or a huge percentage of it is just defiling you. It's just putting bad stuff in you. It's, it's either building a bad attitude or it's putting in wrong values. I'll never forget watching three minutes of this show, and I don't even know if it's still on, Family Guy. Anybody remember or hear of that show? It's a cartoon. And if you don't know about it, good. It's a horrible show. It's, it's, it's an animation, so at first you just think it's for little kids. But the, the two or three times I've seen a minute or two of that, just long enough to go, oh, what's this? Every single time, it's been about something not twisted, not mildly perverted, grossly perverted. I mean, horrifically, way over the edge, way out of bounds, really bad stuff. I'm talking primetime TV in an animated television show that most people would look at and on the surface go, oh, that's for kids. And it is absolutely, and I've had people, oh, it's so funny. No, it's not so funny because beyond the humor, it's perverted. And when you watch that and listen to that and receive that, it's going into your heart. And it's changing the way you think about family, about relationships, about sex, about all these other values that should be biblically based. It's reprogramming you. So much of what you experience is defiling. It's actually hurting you. It's corrupting you. It's like drinking dirt, okay? But another big percentage of, and let's say, okay, Let's say you're doing only good stuff on Facebook. And let's say you're playing only decent video games with no rock music and no curse words and no bad stuff. And let's say what TV you do watch and what movies you do watch are really decent and really wholesome and you're guarding it very carefully. Great, that's awesome. But I want you to step back and take a, take a thought about this word diversion. Okay? Because here's what I want you to think about. If I'm spending two hours a day, let's say three. I think three is probably even a low estimate. But let's say I'm spending three hours a day playing video games, watching TV, on my cell phone, or online. And so I know where all my friends are and what they're doing, and I am the top scorer in 
Halo, and I have beat the game, and I am awesome at uh, Brady Bunch reruns. <laughs> Those are on my mind because we've been, we've been watching Brady Bunch reruns at our house lately. Uh, now listen, stay with me. Let's say you spend three hours a day, and I'm not saying don't ever do any of this. Trust me, okay? I, I'll watch a Brady Bunch rerun or a decent movie. I, I enjoy getting on Facebook and answering a message or, uh, or using some of these tools in the right way. But I, I'm here to tell you it's even hard sometimes for me to balance it because it can just come in upon you and you can spend more time doing it before you've even realized, whoa, four hours are gone. But let's say three hours a day throughout your teen years. I didn't even do the math. You could add that up. And, and let me stop and just put this little thought in your mind. That was three hours a day you weren't doing something valuable. Okay. So it, it's not that you're doing anything wrong. It's not that you are corrupting yourself. I mean, you know, Greg and Marsha and Cindy aren't really going to corrupt you too much, you know, when they're 10. Um, uh, you know, you're uh, chatting about, uh, you know, your favorite food at Taco Bell with your friend on Facebook isn't bad. It's not sinful. It's not wicked. But you spend three hours doing that. What did you not spend three hours doing that was valuable? What, what should you have been? We talked about preparation in dating. We talked about how dating trades preparation for pretend. And so does media. Media, what media does, pointless, amusing, gaming, mindless, hour after hour after hour media takes your brain away from really good things that it should be thinking about. Good books you should be reading, good relationships you should be developing, good skills you should be learning. It takes all that away and says, no, don't become that. Don't go there. Don't grow. Just vegetate. And there are times to vegetate, okay? And there are ways even to vegetate in a healthy way, all right, that allows you to grow better after you vegetate. It's called rest, okay? But I want you to stop and think about all the things you're not becoming, all the things you're not reading, all the growth that's not happening in your life because you're choosing to give so much time to media. And multiply that over a decade. Multiply it over five years and 10 years. If I could take every minute you've spent on Facebook or Twitter or a video game in the last year, and if I could just get half of it back, if I could say, okay, you keep that half for Facebook and video games and give me this half and let's read God's word or let's read a good book about spiritual principles or let's practice a musical instrument with this time. How much better of a person would you be now if we could just get half of that time back? When I say media is diverting, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Satan's goal, I believe this with all my heart, is to get you so into media that by the time you're 25 and 30, you're like one-tenth the person you should have been. Now just let that sink in for a minute. Ten years go by, 
and you've immersed yourself in gaming, 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 Facebook, 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 music, iPods, 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 and, and it's just your whole life is in it, and 10 years go by, you're going to be like one-tenth the person you would have been if you had been growing and, and reading and studying and preparing and doing the things God really wanted you to do with that time. So even if it's good, wholesome, and everything's great about it, it can really divert you from the purpose of God for your life. And then you're going to be way off track for the rest of your life. So that's what I mean when I say diverting. Let's go to the next one here. Whoops, that shouldn't be there. Here it is. Avoiding the trap of media is really about taking back control of my meditation. Taking back control of my meditation. Now, I have got three, uh, two and a half, really, real quick stories. I want you to go to Genesis chapter 13. Genesis 13. It's hard to find how, you know, somebody in the Bible that used Facebook. <laughs> it's hard to find iPods and flat screen TVs and streaming video. But I'll tell you what, it's not hard to find. It's not hard to find eyes and ears that saw and heard the wrong stuff. And it's not hard to find a heart that meditated on the wrong stuff to the point that it destroyed the life. And, and this is where Genesis chapter 13 takes us. A man named Lot. Who was his uncle? Abraham. Abraham. Here's Lot. His dad died. This is his life in, in short. His dad died. He's got to go live with Uncle Abraham. He probably got angry about that. Because when we get to Genesis 13, we find Lot and his herdsmen arguing with Abraham and his herdsmen. And the herdsmen bickering back and forth. And we find Lot siding with his herdsmen against his uncle. We find Lot bitter, angry, making bad decisions. Abraham comes to Lot and says, Lot, this isn't how it should be. We should be getting along. There should be unity. We should be, and by the way, God wanted to bless Lot through Abraham. I don't have time to go into it all, but when Lot walked away from Abraham, he walked away from the best blessings of his life. Because Lot had been adopted into Abraham's family, and because he was Abraham's adopted son, he would have been the recipient of the blessings of God, God's promises on Abraham's life. And he basically said, I don't want it. Now, there's a problem in, in this man's heart uh, who will allow not only his herdsmen to quarrel, but will allow his own heart to turn away from his essentially his adopted father and all the blessings of God that came with him. Lot is a troubled man. Lot is making some bad decisions. And you know the story. Abraham says, you pick your way and I'll go the other way. Let's separate. You pick the way you're going to go and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll head a different direction. So the Bible says, look at it, verse 10. And Lot lifted up his what? Eyes. And he beheld the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden. Now go down to verse 11. Then Lot chose him all the plains of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves. Verse 12. Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were exceeding, were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Now here it is, picture it. Lot is setting up, he chooses his direction. His direction is Sodom and Gomorrah. 
He's really intrigued with these cities. He's really intrigued with what's going on in these cities. And the Bible says it was wicked. It was a sinful environment. So Lot sets up his tent, and he opens the door of his tent, and you might say it was his 48-inch flat-screen TV. And what was the view on his TV? Sodom and Gomorrah. And I really believe it's no different than the flat-screen TV that we've pitched our tent towards Sodom, and it's our way of looking at all the bad stuff in the world and all the lies of Hollywood and all the lies and bad values of culture. And if you're not careful, you, like Lot, will start watching that and watching that and watching that and hearing that and hearing that. Don't you know that Lot could hear the partying? Don't you know he could think, and, and from the distance, he could hear all that was going on in Sodom? And over time, it intrigued him and it attracted him pretty soon He's living in Sodom and Gomorrah. And not long after that, his family is destroyed. He becomes a demented, perverted man and, and, and a wrecked future. And it all started with he was willing to look and watch the wrong stuff. We're going to pause, press the pause button, time out, and pick this up next week. But I want you to think about this. Stay with me. Don't dial out yet. Media. It's your meditation. You live in a media-saturated age. You live in an age where Satan wants to totally obsess you. We just saw Lot who blew it just by what he watched. And it led him to a whole lifestyle. We'll pick it up here next week and find out how to take back control of our meditation. Let's pray. Father, please bless our week. Help us to think about this, to guard our hearts. Thank you for listening to this Student Ministry 127 podcast. For more sermon resources, visit preaching.lancasterbaptist.org. And for information about West Coast Baptist College, visit wcbc.edu.